Welcome back to the TD Podcast. We are back from our planned post-draft hiatus, ready to shoot at you some awesome predictions for our season. We have gone through all 256 games for you and picked winners and losers of each one based on our post-draft analysis of their current rosters and the schedules, and we are going to basically just give you some predictions today but before we get to that this is Derek Papke with my co-host Tyler Kutra I give everybody a shout out Tyler hey guys what's up it's uh awesome to be back it's been a you know a good two-week break and and I'm glad to be back on getting some NFL talk going here and it was it was fun running through these these games it took a while to go through them and I changed my mind a million times but I'm glad for everyone to see you know, what we came up with here. Yeah, absolutely. We have uh, about a month and a half now until real NFL action starts with training camps and preseason work and all that kind of stuff. So this is kind of that boring zone, if you will, uh, between the, the draft and the actual NFL season picking up. So why not a better time to, or what's a better time, if you will, uh, than uh, throwing some predictions your way. So let's first start off with our usual big news. Tyler, want to go ahead and start us off today? Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's get the bad one out of the way. Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback drafted by the Chiefs, was robbed at gunpoint. Um, apparently he was uninjured, but it's um, just something to, to look at. These athletes tend to be... Um, targets for people for stuff like this. Um, I'm glad he's okay. And uh, both of us being kind of big video game guys, uh, what do you think of Tom Brady being on the Madden cover, a.k.a. the GOAT edition? So first off, for Patrick Mahomes, I'm just going to say this. I don't know why the person robbed him now. I don't think he really has as much (laughs) money as he would maybe a year from now. But either way, glad to see that he's uninjured. And hopefully everything's all right in uh, on that regard. I know he's having a tough time digesting that Chiefs playbook that's filled with five yard dump offs. And Must screens, be terrible, but, <laughs> right? If Alex Smith can learn it, I'm sure Patrick Mahomes <laughs> can learn it. Uh, but to your point on the Madden cover, the Goat Edition, as they call it, um, you know, Madden Curse. I've read some interesting articles on it. It's it's kind of goes back and forth. Like last year, you can look at Gronk and definitely say that the curse is real. But then you look at a couple of the athletes that were on the cover prior to that, and they had pretty good seasons. OBJ did, never got hurt and did pretty good uh, during his cover year. Uh, Sherman did fantastic, another all-pro season for him during his cover year. I guess the only thing you can say for the curse on that end is he you know, hurt his arm a little bit in the uh, NFC Championship against Green Bay prior to losing the Super Bowl to New England. I guess you can call that a curse, but personally as a player, nothing ever happened to him. You know, it, it kind of goes back and forth. There's been some notable injuries, but there's also been some not really cursed seasons. Do you believe in that? Uh, yeah, I, I think I think I do. I mean, there was a stat that I think was Pro Football Focus put out the other day that showed that only one player out of the I think the last ten covers, not maybe not ten, quite that many, but over the last however many covers has actually been better statistically the the season that they were on the cover. Um, and only a few of them have actually played all 16 games following being on the cover. So I think, uh, I don't know, it's probably not real, but I like to believe that it is, especially now that it's Tom Brady. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's I think it's well deserved at this point, no yeah. matter what your feelings are about Tom Brady. I found it interesting to hear his interview on him playing Madden himself. It doesn't sound like he plays a lot, but when he does, his two favorite teams to play with are Green Bay for their offense, and he likes to play with Seattle for their defense. He doesn't like to play with New England. I thought that was interesting. Huh. I I never play with New England either, so I can understand. He doesn't like seeing Edelman get hurt, even if it's in a video game. He doesn't want to see Gronk uh, break his back for the fourth season in a row. I, I think Brady's a little bit more partial to Edelman. They seem to have kind of that butt relationship. <laughs> so, <laughs> Moving forward, the Vikings have signed Michael Floyd to a one-year deal. If everyone remembers, he was kind of a journeyman a little bit last year, not necessarily in the terms of number of teams. But, you know, he went from Arizona uh, to New England, and you never really saw him play in a New England uniform. He didn't really play that much. I think he played, what, one game maybe? I think it was the AFC Championship was the only game he suited up, and then the Super Bowl he was back in street clothes. So does he get a ring? I don't know. No, he will. I mean, he was on the roster, so. Yeah. Well, interesting piece of news there. I think that helps their offense uh, when it comes to Minnesota. They need another passing option for Sam Bradford or and or Teddy Bridgewater, depending on his recovery. And so I think Michael Floyd gives them a, a big target that was proven at one point in time prior to his injury history. Also, his the, uh, DUI. I mean, he's serving a month in jail this offseason. That so that, 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 too. Players tend to... A lot of players tend to make some bonehead decisions. That one's a little bit more bonehead than others, but it happens. I, I guess it, the question is, does that compare to all these domestic violence cases that people keep coming up with? No, on? it's just stupid in another way. <laughs> yeah, I would agree, but I, again, that's a conversation for another yeah. time. Um, 49ers linebacker Navarro Bowman is reportedly on the trading block. I think that's very interesting because I think he's, at this point, by far their most experienced defensive player. And he's also, you know, you know, I remember back in 2012, 2013, when San Francisco was, you know, in the Super Bowl against Baltimore and then made it to the NFC Championship against Seattle. Navarro Bowman was a, an animal for the 49ers defense. He was a tackle machine. Now, you can argue that Patrick Willis helped that prior to his retirement, but I still think Navarro Bowman's a very good linebacker. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think uh, kind of makes sense for the 49ers. They, they want to go more of the youth direction and, and – um, Bowman at this point in his career kind of deserves to play with a contender in my opinion just to uh, maybe be able to get over that hump a little bit and the 49ers could probably pick up some some draft capital that will be more helpful for them than, than keeping a veteran linebacker that's not going to win there yeah well we'll see if he actually is in fact traded at this point and where I think it'll be very interesting to see if there's a linebacker needy team that wants his services regardless of age and injury history um, another 49, ex-49ers player at this point, uh, that, a piece of news, Colin Kaepernick is rumored to be on the Seahawks list of backup quarterbacks. Uh, that list reportedly also includes RG3, if you've uh, heard from different news sources. Yeah. So interesting to hear both those players linked to the, the Seahawks of all teams. What do you think of that, Tyler? I know you've asked my opinion. I'll, I'll, I'll air that on the on the on our pod here too, but I want to hear your opinion. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. I, th- I think he can, he can run that offense. And, um, at this point, his skill level and his skill set seems to be suited for a backup role for a, a good team. And, um, 
So even if they, they picked up RG3, I think it's two quarterbacks with some very similar skill set that um, obviously Kaepernick's a little better than RG3. But um, would Kaepernick still be considered to be blackballed if they sign RG3? Is that how that works? Be, oh, considered to be blackballed yeah. as like all the media yeah. we're talking about right now? I, I don't know. <laughs> if they signed him over RG three, I think people would stop stop talking about it. Especially if he signed with you know his bitter rival at the time. Yeah. But you know maybe you just throw Richard Sherman at wide receiver and Kaepernick becomes a fantastic <laughs> backup. Who knows? But um, you know I think it's an interesting conversation, especially the RG three listing uh, was interesting to me just with his injury history. Um, I think Kaepernick's a safer bet uh, on that front, but you do have to deal with the possible media circus that Kaepernick brings in. I think Kaepernick, in pretty much every sense of the word except for that media circus, fits extremely well with the Seahawks. You know, they don't know what's going on with Trevon Boykin at the moment and, and his whole you know trial uh, for, for breaking um, his uh, probation down in Texas and getting arrested down there. Uh, not too long ago, so they don't know what's going on there. And then behind that, they have a lot of unproven practice squad guys at this point. So it's it's really a, a question mark on what's going to be the, the backup scenario there. And I think Kaepernick fits well. He, he runs well. He throws well. In a backup role, he could be extremely valuable if, if Russell were to ever get hurt behind the current you know makeshift offensive line of the, of the Seahawks. It's just a question of if they can keep him out of the news for – you know, separate things because most teams don't don't like to have a backup quarterback that's really in the news. Um, and then another piece of Seahawks news: Eddie Lacy has earned fifty five thousand dollars today uh, in bonus money for making his goal weights. He uh, was supposed to weigh two hundred fifty five by today, and he weighed in at two hundred and fifty three. So nice little uh, salary bonus there. <laughs> You know, making most people's annual salary just for weighing under a certain yeah. amount. <laughs> I, I saw some pretty good, uh, some memes and some good content on Twitter today regarding that, which uh, was enjoyable to look at. But, you know, good for him. I'm glad that he's taking it seriously. And I think he has up to $330,000 more to earn in weight incentives uh, per month that he continues to lose weight and then maintain weight. Uh, throughout the off season and then through the season, so he's still got a lot of incentive to to keep that weight down. Right, definitely. Um, it seems like his his weight uptick definitely goes um, throughout the season when the players aren't training as hard and they're letting their bodies recover week to week. So um, it'll be interesting to see if he can keep his his weight down and and keep earning the money. I guess if I got if I got paid to be skinny, I, I'm sure I could probably do it too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a lot of us could, but unfortunately, we don't provide the ability to run a football in an NFL offense. This is true. Well. <laughs> well, let's move over to our post-draft predictions. So the, the the meat of our podcast tonight, we're going to talk about a lot of different things. You know, division by division records, some upsets, some toss-up games that we've kind of pinpointed. We'll, we'll talk about our playoff picks for the AFC and the NFC and then our Super Bowl picks as well. As it stands today in the, the middle of May, we'll be doing more predictions. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure we'll do one pre-preseason and then preseason as well um, so that we can get some, some good content going based on, you know, if people get injured or certain camp battles start to to take shape, etc. so we can have a better idea about some of that kind of stuff. So. We'll, we'll continue doing these throughout the year, and we'll do game-by-game game game picks as the season goes. But as we stand right now, with all the uncertainty of the next 
four months before football actually starts. Here's what we got. Tyler, go ahead and start with uh, some of your division by division records for us. Um, here we'll just I'll just skim over a few I guess notable ones to me. Um, I'll start in, with the AFC division. So let's go AFC East. I have the uh, Patriots winning the division at thirteen and three. No surprise. I don't have Miami making a playoff spot. I have them taking a step back at seven and nine. Um, other than that, AFC East nothing jumps out. Um, I have Cleveland jumping from one win to three. A huge jump for them, I guess. They more than double their win total. Um, and I have Pittsburgh winning the North from t- at ten and six. Um, AFC South, I have three ten plus win teams. Um, I have Houston, Indianapolis with ten wins. With Indianapolis losing that tiebreaker to Houston for the wild card spot. And I think my most surprising team that might shock people is I have Tennessee at 12-4. and four. Um, I mean, call me a homer, I guess, but I'm on the Mariota and the Titans bandwagon this season. I think they got much better in, in the offseason and through the draft. And, and so I think they're going to surprise a number of people this year. Um, and also sticking with a number, another homer pick, I have the Broncos going 10-6. and six. Um, to win the AFC West over Oakland, also 10-6, but that could flip-flop depending on tiebreakers. Um, so I think both those teams make the playoffs out of the AFC West. I think Kansas City um, takes just a tad step back. I think their offense is, is too stagnant, and I think Oakland and, and Denver's offenses and are going to take a step forward this year, um, especially Denver with new coaching staff and some new personnel. Uh, why don't you run through your AFC, and we'll talk AFC, and then go NFC. Okay. So for my AFC East, I also have New England going thirteen and three and winning the winning the division. Uh, I differ from Tyler, and I have Miami making the playoffs at nine and seven uh, in the sixth seed. For the AFC North, I have Pittsburgh at eleven and five. I have Baltimore not too far off at nine and seven. That kind of stands out to me. And for my jump, I have Cleveland moving all the way up to five. Wow! So, so quintupling their win total. <laughs> For the AFC South, I also like Tennessee in that division at 11-5, and five, but I'm not nearly as high on the rest of the division. Uh, the Houston Texans I have at 9-7, and seven, and Indianapolis I have at 7-9, and nine, and then Jacksonville at 5-11 and 11 to round it out. So I have them all within two wins of each other um, in that regard. Uh, I guess six wins between Jacksonville and Tennessee, last place to first place. But um, I only have the one playoff team, and I think a lot of that's just because they're, they they play each other twice every single year. So I think they're going to have to beat each other up a little bit, and I just have Tennessee coming out on top more often than not. And then for the AFC West, I have two playoff teams, but one does not include your Denver yep, Broncos. I, know. <laughs> I have them... I have them on the outside looking in only because of tiebreaker scenarios. Yeah. So I had three I had three nine and seven teams. I had Denver at nine and seven, Houston at nine and seven, and Miami at nine and seven. And I had to look over all of my game picks for all three teams to figure out where the tiebreakers might land. And it came down to Miami beating Denver head to head, which I'll get I'll talk about a little bit later as well. Uh, in Miami in week thirteen. So that game ended up being the deciding factor, unfortunately, for Denver missing the playoffs in my predictions. But for the winner, I have Kansas City at 11-5. and I still think that defense is fantastic, uh, and their offense is good enough to get it done. And as proven year in and year out, with very few exceptions, defense still does win championships. And I have Oakland at 10-6, and six, uh, barely sneaking into the playoffs there uh, as the five seed. 
I do like Oakland's offense again. I just still don't know if I can rely on that defense. So that's what I got for the AFC. Right. Yeah, I think we have very similar picks. Um, I think it sounds reasonable on on uh, both our sides. And um, let's move to the NFC here, um, starting with the NFC North. Uh, I have Green Bay um, kind of taking a step forward this year and, and not being so inconsistent in the regular season. I have them finishing uh, with 13 wins as the one seed in the NFC. Um I think one of my surprising picks is I have Detroit taking losing three more games than they did last year, falling at six and ten this year. Um, I, I I can really pinpoint a specific reason why. Um, I just going through their schedule. I think it was just favorable to to more teams the way their schedule was laid out. I have Atlanta winning the NFC South at ten and six, and Tampa Bay coming in at nine and seven, picking up a wild card spot there. Um, in the NFC South. I, I know we've said on other pods, and I've said that I think Tampa Bay um, was my pick to win the NFC South, and clearly as I ran through the schedule, Atlanta beats them out by one game, but um, Tampa Bay is still a playoff team. And let's, uh, NFC East, I have Dallas and New York going to the playoffs out of the NFC East with the Giants going 11-5, and stealing that division by one game over Dallas. Um, I'll talk about those matchups a little bit later. And let's jump down to the NFC West. I have your Seahawks winning the division at 10-6, and six, being the three seed. Um, and two 13-loss teams in that division with the Rams and the 49ers. So um, I, I think Seattle will have it a little bit easier in the division this year, but I think they have a pretty tough um, non-division schedule, but they'll still end up with the three seed and, and get a home first-round playoff game. So for my NFC predictions, I have the exact same teams, actually. (laughs) And I do have the exact same positions, I believe, as well. Uh, When it comes down to it, I might have a flip-flop in seeds here every once in a while, but I'll break it down real quick. NFC East, Dallas at 9-7. I think they regress uh, quite a bit. And I only think so because I think that defense outplayed its actual talent level last year. Now they get um, Jalen Smith, the linebacker out of Notre Dame, uh, pending his nerve damage to his knee that he received in the Fiesta Bowl in 2015. Uh, Pending how that recovery goes, if he comes back and is an impact player for them, it's like adding another second-round, first-round pick to that defense. So maybe Dallas gets better. That could very well change as the preseason goes on and we get closer to the season. So we'll find out more on that, and I might have to change change my pick when the time comes uh, but I also do have the Giants at 11 and 5 as you do I think the Giants are a very solid team this year that defense was much improved last year and then adding Brandon Marshall to that offense just makes it a much better offense too because you can take some of that heat off OBJ so I really think that they'll uh, they'll take a step up and win that division Green Bay I have at 11 and 5 uh, I don't think they win as many games as you do I think they are still a great team offensively but defensively I still think they have question marks NFC South, I have Atlanta edging out Tampa by a game. Atlanta at 11 and 5, Tampa at 10 and 6. And then for NFC West, I have Seattle winning the division at 10 and 6 just like you do, uh, with LA and San Francisco bringing up the rear. I do have San Francisco winning at least 4 games though this year rather than the 3 that you had. So, very similar for both of us in the NFC in that regard. Right. Um, let's see. Let's just go and run over a couple upsets and highlights and um, through here, we, we each highlighted a couple upsets that we could potentially talk about here. Um, one that I kind of like is 
Tampa Bay over New England in week five. It's a Thursday night game. Um, those games are always a toss-up because they have you know three days to prepare. They have to fit a seven-day preparation into two or three days, and it's super hard. Um, and it's on the road for New England, so you never know what happens. So I, I picked um, Tampa Bay to give New England their first loss of the season. Um, and... I have the 49ers beating the Giants in Week 10. Um, I just think it's kind of a trap game, uh, kind of a poor team middle of the season, you know, looking for that second win of the year. Um, and it's a cross-country chip trip for the Giants in the middle of the season. Um, so I, th- I think that's just a trap game for them. And Week 14, I have Jacksonville beating your Seattle Seahawks. Um, in Jacksonville, just because, as I explained to you when we were looking at these before, um, it's a late season cross-country trip. I mean, players are tired. They're worn out. It's week 14. Um, They're playing, you know, according to our records, a not very good team. And Jacksonville is kind of one of those unpredictable teams that, you know, one week they look like a 13-win team, the next week they look like a two-win team. So, um, I think the 13-win team shows up that week, or Seattle just underperforms. It, either way. But those would be probably my top three upsets here. All right. For, for my three upsets that I picked and just kind of wanted to pinpoint, I have Miami over New England in Miami uh, week 14. I feel like New England and Miami are, tend to play each other pretty darn tough. Uh, Miami's specifically playing up to New England's level uh, for the most part. And it's a road game for New England kind of later in the season after a tough part of schedule. So I, I, I can see them kind of losing that one. I have Tennessee beating my Seahawks week three. It's an early road game for Seattle. Seattle tends to start slow. That's been evident over the past like four to five years. And it's a road game against a, a, a quality Tennessee Titans team. So I can 100% see that being a loss. Um, and then for my third one, kind of a wild card here, I, I have the Vikings beating Atlanta in Atlanta week 13. Um, I just feel like it's uh, kind of like you said with with Jacksonville over the over Seattle or with the Niners over the Giants. It's kind of one of those trap games where regardless of where it's played at, I don't think Minnesota is going to be great next year um, compared to Atlanta. But I do just for some reason I can just see Minnesota pulling off you know their game of the year against the Falcons and, and beating them in Atlanta that week. Right, definitely. I agree with those. And, you know, there's a number of other games we could have put on there and, and debated, but um, I think we picked six pretty good games to watch for this year. Um, and on the flip side of that, let's look at a couple toss-ups. So I have a couple pairs of games, I guess. Um, I have Dallas versus the Giants week 1 and 14 as my toss-ups. Just because those games are so close every year. I think last year was week one, what, it was 17 to 14 uh, Giants. Yep, and then week, you know, middle of the season, the Giants won 10 to 7. Um, so those games are always super fun to watch. And you never know who's going to win, regardless of which team is better than the other. Um, and the Giants seem to always get the better end of that. Um, I have Tennessee versus Houston as another set of toss-up games, week four and week 13. Um, those, I mean, their week 17 matchup last year decided their division. Obviously, Marcus Mariota uh, had the broken leg, so he did not play in that contest. But, I mean, I think those are two teams that could potentially be pretty good this year, and then those games probably will decide who wins that division. Um, and then I have Seattle at Green Bay week one, super toss-up week one. You still don't know what you have. That That's, that's pretty much your... 
regular season dress rehearsal game. I know we talk about the third game of the preseason, but this is the first game your starters will pay, play uh, 15 minutes, four quarters. Um, you know, so you, you really never know. Seattle could win, Green Bay could win, and, and we don't know. Seattle versus Atlanta week 11, um, kind of controversial uh, game both times they played last year, and then... Um, so I, I think both teams will be super amped to play that game, and that's a Monday. Is that a Monday night game, if I remember right? Uh, I believe it's a Sunday, Sunday night. Game. Yeah, so that is a national TV game. It's it's going to be a phenomenal game. So that those those would be um, my biggest toss ups for this season so far. And I'm going to verify that real quick because I know that there are quite a few primetime games, but I do want to know when that Seattle Atlanta yeah. game is. Uh, it is a Monday night game. You are okay. correct. They have three Sunday nighters. That's why I got confused. Yeah, but yeah, it is a Monday night football game, so it will be nationally televised. So if any sort of uh, <laughs> questionable call happens, it will be. Uh, I, I'm sure I'll hear all about uh, you know the the fail Mary and everything if it goes Seattle's way and how we always get yeah. calls. I'm used to that by now. <laughs> but for uh, for my toss ups, I picked a few of them. I picked the Super Bowl rematch in favor of Atlanta, Week Seven. Um, even though it's in New England, I, I just think Atlanta somehow finds a way to get the job done. New England, out of all of their games this year, lost twice at home, I believe, uh, during yeah. their, their Super Bowl year this year. You know, 14-2, and two, but they lost twice at home. So I don't think they're as impenetrable at home in the regular season as you know people think they are compared to their postseason success at Gillette Stadium. Uh, for week 16, I have two games that I picked that were uh, kind of toss-ups. I have uh, Houston and Pittsburgh in Houston. Uh, if you know if a guy like Deshaun Watson somehow develops nicely for, for Houston's offense and is, is starting consistently by that time, I can definitely see Houston pulling off that upset against Pittsburgh. Uh, but if, if Houston still hasn't figured out their offensive side of the ball and haven't figured out a quarterback by that time, I think Pittsburgh does just fine, even though Houston's got a solid defense. Uh, week two, uh, oh sorry, other week sixteen game that I was going to talk about. I have uh, Tampa Bay at Carolina. Uh, I just think that this is a a, a trap game for for Tampa, uh, in the sense that I think Carolina is going to come back next year, uh, better than they were this year, obviously, and they're going to be that that not quite that Super Bowl caliber team that they once were, but at least a competitive team that could somehow snag a playoff spot next year. So I definitely see this being more even than a lot of people expect because a lot of people are high on Tampa and not as high on Carolina. But I can see this being one of those games where Carolina comes to play, uh, especially at home that late in the season, and, and finds a way to beat Tampa. Then for, uh, for week two, I have uh, Denver versus Dallas. I think that's going to be an interesting one, too, because you can see you know, you're seeing a very, very good offensive line against a very, very good defensive front whenever Dallas has the ball. So I can definitely see that being a fun little matchup. You know, Von Miller, how they decide to rush him against all of that Dallas offensive line should be interesting to see, you know, what kind of matchups they try to create. Right. Uh, and then on the other side of the ball, you have a, you know, an interesting questionable offense in, in Denver that, you, you know, you have quite a few skill players. You just don't know who's going to throw them the ball. Um, and then for, for Dallas's defense, you know, you might have somewhat of a, a, an okay front seven, but you don't know what you have in the secondary. So it, it makes for some very intriguing uh, matchups in that regard. And then my other toss-up uh, game that I've listed here is Kansas City-Pittsburgh. I believe they met twice last year, splitting the series. Uh, I could be wrong. 
Um, but you know that uh, that playoff game at least was was something to watch. It was very low scoring, but and and it had it had its own controversy to it. But I think Kansas City and Pittsburgh are very evenly matched teams. You know Pittsburgh's got that otherworldly offense, but that not so good defense. And then Kansas City is a much more balanced attack. Uh, I think a lot of it comes down to who controls the ball more. And um, it was, you know, with Le'Veon Bell being hurt last year, I think that hurt Pittsburgh. But you never know. I think it's a, I think it's a good chance to be a, a very good game uh, through and through. Um, so let's let's uh, move over to the AFC playoffs. Let's talk about our playoff predictions here. So just if you want to just start by going through your seedings and then your matchups and, and kind of give us your insight. Tyler. Yeah. So uh, let me see here. Um, that that would be your chart. Uh, AFC. Obviously, I have New England at the one seed. Uh, Tennessee is my two, coming in at twelve and four. Pittsburgh three, ten and six, and Denver fourth at the ten and six. Um, so my wild card matchups here. Um, I have the six seed Raiders at Pittsburgh, uh, losing there. I have the fifth seed Houston Texans at Denver, um, losing. And then let's move on to the divisional. Um, I have New England beating Denver and Pittsburgh losing at Tennessee. And then I have in the AFC Championship game, um, you know, my wild card of the year, I have the Tennessee Titans at the New England Patriots, and I have the Patriots going to um, their second consecutive Super Bowl. All right, for me, um, I have my one seed New England Patriots, just like you do. I have the two-seed Kansas City Chiefs, the three-seed Tennessee Titans, the four-seed Pittsburgh Steelers, the five-seed Oakland Raiders, and the six-seed Miami Dolphins. So during Wild Card Weekend, New England and Kansas City have their buys. You have the six-seed Miami Dolphins at Tennessee with Tennessee winning. You have the five-seed Oakland Raiders at Pittsburgh with Pittsburgh winning. Then for the divisional round, you have... The Tennessee Titans, uh, the three seed, going to the two seed Kansas City Chiefs. And I have Kansas City beating Tennessee. And then for the uh, other divisional matchup, you have the four seed Pittsburgh Steelers uh, going into New England. And I have an upset here. I have Pittsburgh beating New England at Gillette Stadium in the divisional round. So New England does not win a playoff game next year, per my prediction. That is a huge, huge prediction. I will hold you to that one. You can all you want. I'm very high on them as a as a team normally, but I just feel like I have to I have to for some reason have Pittsburgh beating them just because I it's so hard to repeat nowadays. Yeah. Um, so I, I had to do it, and that was the team I think that can do it. So I have Pittsburgh winning, and then for the AFC Championship, I have Pittsburgh going to Kansas City for a rematch, and I have Pittsburgh coming out on top in in. Uh, in Arrowhead Stadium in the AFC Championship. So two tough road games that I have Pittsburgh winning. And then, uh, yeah, you want to go ahead and go with your NFC uh, NFC predictions for yeah. the last? So, again, my one seed, Green Bay. Uh, my two seed, the Giants. Three seed, Seattle. And four seed, Atlanta. Uh, so in wild card, I have my five seed, Cowboys, losing to the Falcons uh, in Atlanta. And I have the six seed, Bucks, losing to Seattle in Seattle. And in the divisional round, I have Seattle traveling cross-country to play the Giants and losing to the Giants. And I have Atlanta going to Green Bay, upsetting Green Bay in, in January in probably a snowstorm or blizzard or, you know, something along those lines. 
Um, and then I have the Falcons going to the Meadowlands out and playing the Giants in the NFC Championship game. And I know this is probably boring, but I have a repeat of last year's Super Bowl. We have a rematch. I have uh, the Pittsburghs, not the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sorry, I was thinking of you. I have the New England Patriots and the Atlanta Falcons uh, Super Bowl 52 this next year. All right, for me, NFC-wise, I have the NFC North winning Packers as the two seed. I have uh, my one seed is the Atlanta Falcons. My three seed is the New York Giants. Four seed is the Seattle Seahawks. Five seed is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And six seed is the Dallas Cowboys. So the bye weeks go to Atlanta and Green Bay. So we have, right now, we have uh, the Giants-Cowboys rematch. Part Third three. game. <laughs> And it's in Dallas, and or sorry, it's in uh, New York, and I have the Giants coming out on top in that one. And then for the other side of the coin, I have Tampa Bay, as you do, traveling to Seattle with Seattle winning. And then for the divisional round, I have the Giants traveling to Green Bay and losing, and I have the Seahawks traveling to Atlanta and losing. So I have a rematch of the NFC Championship with Atlanta-Green Bay. And then I have, in Atlanta, uh, Atlanta beating Green Bay in the NFC Championship yet again and moving on to the Super Bowl. So I have an Atlanta-Pittsburgh Super Bowl. Okay, that's re- that, that's respectable and reasonable. At least we're 50-50, I guess. We each have Atlanta in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I'm, it's weird that I'm very high on a team with no defense in Pittsburgh, but I just think that offense is going to be... I mean, that would be two teams that have questionable defenses and, and pretty... You know, pretty good offenses. That that would be like a forty-two to thirty-eight Super Bowl, basically. Yeah, it, it very well could be. And and speaking of a Super Bowl, why don't you tell us who you got in your rematch? It pains me so much to say this, but I have the uh, Patriots going back to back. Well, it's hard not to. Their defense is much better than people are willing to talk about. And uh, you know, you can never discount Tom Brady, no matter what the score is, as we saw last yep. year. So I can see that happening as well. Uh, for me, I have Pittsburgh beating. I, I have Atlanta beating Pittsburgh. I apologize. I have Atlanta beating Pittsburgh and getting uh, redemption, if you will, and winning their first Super Bowl with Matt Ryan. Um, that's where I think the dollar stops for Pittsburgh's horrible defense, and I think Atlanta's you know somewhat decent defense finds a way to step up and win the ball game for them. Right. I think we might both back off a little bit just because I don't think we're. Um, I think we're discounting the fact that of how much Kyle Shanahan did for that offense in Atlanta. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if they're a uh, above average to average offense next year, just transitioning to Steve Sarkeesian, right? Is their new offensive coordinator, which is really random, yeah. but um, it is really so- random. Um, I think they'll. I think they'll be more Dan Quinn though. I think they'll allow Dan Quinn's defensive mind to shine next yeah. year. Yeah, I mean the the picking up uh, the defensive end out of UCLA in the draft and give him a pass rusher. To, to yeah, another make. year for that young secondary. And they also got Dontari. Right, right, yeah, and that secondary will be healthy in another year for the young guys. So um, their defense might be able to help cover up uh, them taking a step back on offense and. Um, and their division still isn't super strong, so I I think it'll be easy for them to at least get into the playoffs. Yep. So uh, that that's what we got right now. That that's as of May. 
we can uh, you know archive this at least so we're, we're held to it and see how things change as as the year goes on but you know rookie mini camps pretty much just wrapped up for most teams so at this point it's it's really the NFL's boring season we've got just time to kind of sit here and, and chew on everything until you know later June early July when people start reporting back for for training camps and stuff like that so I think there's a, a mandatory mini camp at some point in June that usually happens. Um, I could be wrong. I can't remember the NFL's entire calendar off the top of my head. Sorry, <laughs> but but um, yeah, at this point, you know, we're gonna have a lot of content to throw at you guys when when the season does start. We're gonna do week by week game predictions uh, that we'll be posting up, making sure that we're being held accountable for it, having weekly winners, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm sure we'll come up with some more along the way, uh, but. You know, Tyler, what do you think we should uh, we should focus on next? Um, I, like I told you before, I think it would be fun to kind of run by big positional groups and kind of say, you know, if I started my franchise today, these are the top ten guys that I would start with at my quarterback or my head coach or you know that kind of stuff and kind of build you know your your fantasy roster a little bit if if this was the guy you started a franchise with, you know, who are the 10 best quarterbacks going into this year, running backs or, um, you know, cornerbacks or whatever positional groups we, we, we decide would be best to talk about. And, and um, I think we should definitely talk on, we've talked statistics and, and drafts and, you know, predictions. I think it would be fun to talk about individual players that, that we like to watch in the NFL. Yeah, and I think we should also throw a fantasy component yep. in there for, for some fantasy advice for some of our listeners out there that, you know, their teams might not do as well as they want to or they need to impress their boss in their <laughs> office league, something like that. You know, you'd be surprised how many people actually do say that. They want to impress their boss in their fantasy league, so they got to make sure they do well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think it'd be a lot of fun to, to go through that, and I think it would be fun to kind of spark an argument, if you will. Uh, between the two of us on, you know, what kind of opinions we have in positional groups and franchise, uh, you know, who would want to build a franchise around, etc. So I think that's something we can definitely look forward to. And we need to be, uh, we will be recording more often um, as as we start to come up with our content again. So I, we, we, do, we appreciate, as always, everybody listening. We have no social media mailbag uh, questions for, for tonight's pod, as far as I know. Nope. I don't believe so. So... Yeah, so at this point, uh, we're, we're just going to wrap it up. Again, follow us all on all of our social medias. Uh, be sure to look up the Concussion Legacy Foundation if you haven't already uh, and check out what that cause is all about so you know exactly what we're kind of supporting here with our pod. And um, be on the lookout for new content as we uh, start to turn it back out. Right, definitely. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. It's almost we're getting day by day closer to summer. So get outside and enjoy the warm weather. Yeah, or the, you know, warm weather one day, overcast the next day in Portland that we get. <laughs> but either way, I hope everybody enjoys their week. Uh, look, look for some more content coming your way soon. All right, sounds good. Later.